you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. So Lord God, we thank you, God. We thank you for the gifts and the talents that you give so lavishly, so abundantly to us. Lord God, we thank you for Lacey and we thank you for her heart to serve and worship you through song. And Lord God, um, that that came through, even in, in just the two songs that she's saying, that, that there's a story, that there's a where you have uh, interacted either with the church in Argentina or, or where you've interacted with her just in the privacy of her own room. Lord God, that you are active in our lives. And Lord God, that it generates a response. And for her, it was song, but God, for us, Lord, allow it to be that as we think about you and as we think about the, the amazing things that you do in our lives and just the amazing um, being that you are, Lord God, that we can hand our anxieties, our fears to you. Lord God, that if we don't know you, we can, we can hand those sins, those things that just seem to, to, to we're never able to, to, to defeat them. Lord God, they can be defeated in you. Lord God, that you would carry those burdens. You actually would ask us to give those burdens to you, to make a, to make a switch, because your burdens are light. And so God, I just ask right now that as we begin to open your word, and as we begin to talk about um, just your heart for generosity, God, you are indeed a generous God. Then, yes. God, our response to that should be generosity in return. Lord God, I pray that you would open, allow our ears to be open, Lord God, allow us to hear your word this morning. Lord God, that while you're doing surgery in our very hearts, even now, removing things that don't be there, that don't need to be there, Lord God, that you would begin to open our ears afresh to what you have for us as well. So we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, good morning, church. I am excited this morning. We, I get the uh, fantastic opportunity um, as a part of this Heart of God series to talk about generosity. Woo! I knew I wasn't going to get too much from that. Because we have a certain feeling and thought when we come to church, in particular, I'm only going to speak for myself, that when you begin to talk about generosity, the, the immediate reaction, the response is, oh no, they're going to tell me again how I get to deal with my time, my talent, and my treasure. Oh no, here's the church in my pocket again. Now, that's me. I know you guys are all way more spiritual than I am. But I know from time to time, over the years of, of being in church, and a lot of those years when I wasn't even a believer, I didn't really believe what was being said. I just was kind of a partaker because, you know, according to my mom, this was kind of what you had to do, right? So it wasn't that it actually even had any real meaning to me. So I just would hear these things of talk about generosity, talk about these things, and I'm just like, well, that's just one way to get more money out of folks. And God had to teach me some things that I am excited, honestly, outrageously excited 
about sharing with you. About how to take away this yoke, this this sense of, of heaviness when it comes to thinking about generosity and replacing that with the sense of joy and a sense of, of just love for the Lord that comes when you get to say, it's all yours anyway, God. So I just want to give as much of it back in however, whatever way I can and the joy that it brings. But I've had to experience it before I was able to actually grasp that and believe that had to see God do just amazing, amazing things in order for that to happen. And so this morning, we're going to take just a little bit of time, and we're going to look in God's word, and we are going to, my prayer is that at the end of this time, we know. Some of you, trust me, I know, are generous by nature. My wife is generous by nature. I don't, the Lord did what he did in the factory when he made her, and he just automatically put in that thing. And sometimes when my wife says, I felt the prompting of the Lord, I have to brace myself. (laughs) There are times, I don't know if any of you have a spouse, but sometimes that means, uh uh-oh, the Lord prompted her to give, and I'm not so sure I'm ready for whatever the Lord told her to give. (laughs) I know it sounds bad, it sounds selfish, but it's true. And some of us, we struggle. Some of us, it's harder. It's harder to to allow ourselves to be so open, so just whatever you want, Lord. But I believe that God calls us all to be in that place. Whatever you want, Lord. So, where this is kind of a tale of two sermons, because I'm going to give you a two-for-one deal today. I hope you're okay with that. I know. So this is like two Sundays in one, so now none of you have to come next Sunday because it's been covered. Okay, that is such a lie. <laughs> but there really is two, two messages that you have to hear in order for us to understand generosity. And I'm going to give you the two premises now, and then we're going to walk through it, because I think these two things have to go hand in hand in order for generosity to really take root in our lives. And number one has to be gratitude. We can't get to generosity, which is number two, if we don't first have a heart of gratitude. So let's talk about the generosity of our God. Is that okay? In just doing just a little bit of work, we just had these simple words that come up. When I look through scripture and when I begin to do a little work about the heart of our God. And so things like lavish comes up. 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. I mean, he didn't, just, he didn't just give us just this kind of fleeting love like the way you and I maybe understand love where it could be one here one day and gone the next. No, he says that this is a love that was lavished on us. That means to bestow something in generous and extravagant qualities. Quantity, sorry. To bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities. He lavished his love on us. That not only did he love us, but he said, and I want to make you my child. You're not just this random being that I could say I love and, you know, I may prove it, I may not. No, I love you so much, I'm I'm actually going to call you, make you my child. 
or words like abundant comes up. When we think of the heart of God, we think of the word abundance, right? John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundant. That means more than enough. The heart of God is that we would have more than enough. That his life that he gives us, he doesn't just want us to, to, to live and just to have this, this sense of survival. No, he wants us to have this sense of thriving in our lives. And so he says, I give life abundant. I give above and beyond. Or words like overflowing. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflowing, that provision that cannot be contained. He doesn't just give you until you kind of reach the brim. No, his thing is, I want to give you until there's an overflow of hope in your life through the Spirit. Blessing, Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. He is a God who blesses. And how amazing is it? It's a favor or gift that's just bestowed by God. It's, it's a blessing. It's amazing. And we are so, so blessed. We're gracious. Psalm 145, 8, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. It's an undeserved kindness, his graciousness to us. It is not dependent on how good you are or how well you're doing. His graciousness is, is just who he is. That is the heart of our God. I mean, these, these words, I know they just kind of are words on a screen, but these words mean something about this father that we have access to. That he, he is above and beyond, that he is granting us more than we could ever even think. Now I have to tell you, church, it may be hard to grasp, but this is in your DNA. We are image bearers of the Father. I mean, people look at my son, they look at, my, they look at Malcolm and they say, oh my goodness, that is definitely your boy. Right? You can look at his face and you look at my face and they're like, oh, wow, that's your child. He bears a physical image of myself. Maybe not as much my wife, but definitely me. No, I'm just kidding. That is who we are to be. Ephesians 5.1 tells us, follow God's example Therefore, as dearly, dearly loved children, we are to follow the example of our Father. Then that means there are some pretty big shoes to fill, amen? That if we have a God who's lavish and who's abundant and who blesses and who, who's gracious, and then our hearts should echo the hearts of the Father, our heart should imitate the heart of the Father, then we, as children of God, must also, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We must also embody those same things. But I'll tell you what often gets in the way. 
It is our struggle with gratitude. That God could be doing amazing, abundant, lavish things in our lives, and instead of us seeing those things and saying thank you to those things, we see the stuff that's wrong, and that's immediately where our attention goes. So instead of us able to really just live in this perpetual sense of thankfulness in our lives. Instead, we look at the thing we don't have instead of the thousands of things that we do, and we say, oh, my life is a mess because I don't have, because I don't possess, because I wish it could be this or be that. Not thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for how beautifully and abundantly blessed I am. It's, oh. Try to illustrate this for you. So some, for some of us who are kind of visual people and who, who like, we, we would look at this. So I generally, and I've even shared this before, right? If you go on globalrichlist.com and you put in your salary, it'll kind of tell you kind of where you fit in the scheme of the world, right? With finances in particular. So I just put in 25000 So if you make $25,000 a year or the equivalent of 12 bucks an hour, you are in the top 4% of the richest people on the planet. Your salary would be 18 times the global average, 25000 The average hourly pay rate of a laborer in Ghana is $0.08 cents an hour. What you would earn in one year would take a laborer in Indonesia 33 years to earn. The average salary of a medical doctor, not an honorary doctorate that you get from a school, but an actual medical doctor that could perform surgeries, the average salary of a medical doctor in Pakistan is 300 bucks a month compared to your $2,083 per month salary if you made $25,000 a year. Now, for some of us, we would see those things, and it would immediately arise this sense of thankfulness and gratitude of what we have. Even though it may not be much, we are so much better off than some others who are really struggling. Lord, thank you. And some of us, not going to save myself in this, but maybe. We'll begin to think about how money works. Well, yeah, that'd be all well and good if I live in Indonesia or Ghana, right? Or do you understand how currency works? How, whatever that amount of money they make there, it, it, it goes differently or works differently than it does here. You can't, yeah, you can't buy the kind of stuff you could buy here with the money there, but when you're there, maybe that eight cents an hour really will allow you, and I begin to think through all the different ways where I could say, instead of me saying, oh my God, thank you, Lord, that I'm so blessed, I could try to pick holes in the data that says, but it doesn't count. Because that's not my reality. My reality is not that I am in Ghana or in Indonesia or in any of those countries where that type of, of money is maybe acceptable. 
My reality is that I'm here in America and $25,000 just doesn't go very far. And all of the things, the creature comforts that I wish I could have, I can't have. And I have to make all these decisions month to month about which bills I could pay and which ones I can't. So it's hard for me to get a grasp of being thankful. It's hard for me to get a grasp of being grateful, even though I could look at those and say, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord, for what I have. I am pretty content on focusing on what I don't. Church, we have to become a people of gratitude before we can become a people of generosity. Here's a truth. The pessimist says, my cup is half empty. The optimist says, my cup is half full. The child of God says, my cup overflows. Church, we are a people with overflowing cups. But if we don't get to the point where we can see that and we can recognize that and we can acknowledge that and we can thank God for the things that he gives us, then we're always just going to be focused on that which he doesn't or that which we don't have. And some of those things is not a no, it's a not yet, but we still are like, oh, but I wish I had, if I had, it would be better. It's funny, our home group is doing Joyce Meyer's, um, what is that, Battlefield of the Mind, and we're doing this the video series, and she talked about people who praise to win the lottery. Right? And right now, right, this Mega Millions thing is like $640 million or something for whenever, if you didn't know that and you weren't planning on going to buy a ticket, I don't want you to start now, but it's like some crazy number. I think I've told you guys before, when I'm driving to work, you know, that 90 minutes it takes every day, there's a huge billboard right as I come around towards the Jane Byrne interchange, just so that I'm reminded, guess what, if you play this and you get that amount of money, you won't have to do this drive anymore. And so I'm sure all of us that are in that traffic that are driving, we're looking at this thinking, oh my goodness, that's a game changer. I would not have to be in this traffic because this is horrible. <laughs> that is my thought every single morning. It's ridiculous. And it's so tempting. And I'm like, I'm gonna go spend my next paycheck on these tickets because if I can get that winning number, I'm in good shape. And even if I choose to still go to work, I'll just buy a helicopter, then I won't have to worry about it. But her point was, if you're not, you know, people pray, you know, if I win this lottery, I would have more money to give. That's our kind of, you know, our reasoning with God. God, just think of how much good I could do for the church and for the body of Christ if I won all this money. And she simply said, if you're not giving with the few bucks you've got in your pocket, you are never going to give once you have more. Right? I mean, a perspective of like just understanding the reality that if generosity is not birthed in our heart through gratitude, it's not going to come just by handing more money to someone. It just is not the way that works. I mean, here's the re Randy Alcorn said it best. Too often we assume that God has increased our income, our, God has increased our income to increase our standard of living when his stated purpose is to increase our standard of giving. 
But we can only get to that point when we are grateful. I'm gonna do, we wanna do a quick exercise. And I know Dave actually got it started this morning, unbeknownst to him. So when we did the women say yes and the men say amen, and it's kind of a call and response, like this ability to begin to um, think about, you know, just speak out loud, because we aren't always a very kind of verbal church, if you will. Um, (laughs) And which is okay, which is okay. But today, we're going to do an exercise, and it is going to require us to be a verbal church, okay? And we're going to exercise gratitude. I believe it's a muscle we have to exercise, right? I believe that if we don't exercise it, we don't get good at it. And and then it it doesn't, it's not something that'll take root. So you almost need to repetitively, repetitively exercise gratitude in order for you to become a person that just constantly has a heart of gratitude. So instead of me fussing about how long it takes me to get to work in the morning, to be thankful to God that I have a job that I need to actually get to, right? But you have to exercise that. So I'm going to read. This is not going to be on the screen. Actually, I'm going to, I forget I have access to these slides now. And that's cool, you guys? It's not going to be on the screen. I just want you to listen to these words. And then here is the exercise. If the thing that you hear elicits a response of thankfulness or you are thankful for what you hear, I want you to audibly speak the words either thank you or amen or yay God or you're good or whatever comes to mind, but it needs to be an audible expression of whatever form of gratitude what you hear brings, okay? Does that make sense? All right, so not in the mind, Right, so those of us who are like those kind of people, we gotta, we gotta take that inside voice and make it audible. Because the reality is we have to speak truth to ourselves. This isn't about the person. I want you to be able to speak gratitude for yourself so that you begin to understand, oh, this is how that works. Here we go. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. 
Praise the Lord, O my soul. We need to get to a point where we recognize and are thankful for and have gratitude for the blessings, the abundant, lavish blessings of our God. Max Lucado said it, when grace happens, generosity happens. Where grace happens, generosity happens. Where we receive his unmerited favor, that love that is talked about in Psalm 103 that I just read, when we recognize his grace and his love that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn, that we couldn't, but that he gives to us freely anyway, then generosity happens. Then now we transition into part two of the sermon. It is God's heart is generous. So our response must be generous. The reality is simply this. Blessed people bless people. That's the reality for the church. That is the reality for us who call ourselves children of God is that people who recognize how blessed they are are able to bless others. And it may not come in the form of a lot of money because you may not have it, but blessed people find ways to bless people. I'll tell you, my son, so the organization that I work for does this fall fundraising drive. We're a nonprofit, and so everything we do is about raising funds. And so in the fall, we do this thing called Change for Change. And it's the only time of the year where we ask the students to actually be a part of the giving, right? So instead of them just being kind of recipients of, we say, no, you actually play a part in this as well. We want you to know that you are actually like building into what is happening here. So they take some ownership. They actually have some ownership of it. And in our premise is that we want our kids all 1,500 of them that go to by the hand to become cheerful givers. We want them to know what that means. And so we do this thing, and so they get these jars, and they're bringing their change and their pennies and whatever, and they fill up these jars. And then as staff, we get a chance to bring a jar home with us, or we could take it to our favorite coffee shop if they'll let them put it on the counter, whatever. So I brought this little jar home, and I was picking up the kids from school while I had the jar, and I said to Malcolm and Autumn, I said, all right, you guys, we're going to, as an exercise as a family, we're going to fill up this little jar with, with you know, with, with money over, over the span of the three weeks or so of this thing. And Malcolm goes, oh, I could fill that up, no problem. And I mean, he literally was grabbing it and it was about, because he knows without understanding how the math works, that his piggy bank is bigger than that little jar. And so his thing was, well, I can take the money out of my piggy bank and I could fill up this little jar, no problem. Blessed people, bless people. Don't matter how old or how young, don't matter how wealthy or how poor, that is just a part of the DNA of who we are as image bearers of Christ. And so just real quick, if we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and it just says this, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Who are the Macedonian churches Paul's referring to? The church in Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. He says this, out of the most severe trial, their ever-overflowing joy 
and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Those things don't even sound like they fit. Their severe trial, their extreme poverty, and nestled in the middle of that, I don't think it's accidental how those words are lined up, there's overflowing joy. I mean, it's, it's something like that when you hear, what, what is that we, we know about Christ? It's for the joy set before him he endured the cross. Like, how do, you, how do you say it's for the joy set before you that you would endure pain and suffering? But that is what this church, out of the most severe trial, they're overflowing, they're overflowing joy and extreme probably welled up in generosity. It says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. These churches were blessed, not weren't wealthy churches, but they were blessed by God. And the, the essential idea is whatever God gives to me, I am willing to pass it on. Oh, if we would have that heart, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. When is the last time you've urgently pleaded with Dave? Dave, I need you to take my money. I know there's some needs that need to be met and I just, I want anything for you to take this and use it for the Lord's service because it's, it's gonna burn a hole in my pocket and if I hold on to it, I'm gonna get that boat that I've always wanted and I don't wanna do that. I, okay, I might get the boat. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, I'm just kidding. But these people, these churches urgently pleaded And the reason why Paul was sharing this with the Corinthians was because in 1 Corinthians, he had asked them about giving towards the needs in Jerusalem. And so then now in 2 Corinthians, he's saying, hey, I asked you before, now it's kind of time to collect, essentially. I'm sending someone to come. How amazing is that? Verse five, and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. First to the Lord they gave themselves, and then they offered, then they gave, and they gave lavishly, abundantly, overflowing, graciously, as if they were people who were truly blessed. Church, this is not about dollars and cent. This is about our heart. I know it sounds like this is a preaching about money and about how much money you can give, but this really is about the condition of our hearts. It's where our treasure is. That's where our heart is going to be. If our treasure is hoarded on ourselves, then we live a life of self. If our treasure is for the use for the kingdom, then our heart goes towards the building of the kingdom. That's why we are called to be a generous people. Because we serve a generous God. Let's land this plane. So it was cool that Lacey, when she shared, she talked about being, you know, a a particularly visual person person, 
um, or, you know, has to be, not necessarily business, but has to kind of be doing something. So I wanted to try to depict in, in picture, because some of you kind of are visual, and so you see things, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. I get that. And so I was trying to think of, man, how do we depict, how can I help depict this idea of really what it means to understand what a heart for God or a cheerful giving heart looks like, right? I mean, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 about being cheerful givers. This is the best I could come up with. Bear with me. I hope this helps kind of depict. This is the condition that your heart should be in when you give. Okay. Now, some may look at that picture and says, these are three guys who are celebrating the Cubs winning the NLCS back in 2016, and this is like a big deal, and they're jumping up and down. But no, this is actually a depiction of the way your heart should feel every time you give to someone. Whether it's the basket put in a church, I know we don't see people popping up and down in their seats and just, woo, I get to give to the Lord. I know, but your heart should basically have that feeling. There should be a jump up and down feeling because that is a cheerful giver. I cannot look at those guys and say they are not cheerful for whatever they're cheering for. Amen? Okay, they're not just floating in the air. This is a literal capture of a jumping up and down. (laughs) But we don't connect that to our giving. We connect that to sports. We connect that to concerts. We connect that to everything except what happens when we say, God, thank you so much for blessing me. I look forward to blessing someone else. Woo! Thank you. (laughs) Then I wanted to capture then, what is it like when you are, when your heart is given to giving in a sense where it's like, but you get to give like anonymously. Any of you ever give, don't answer, don't. It's anonymous, so don't, I'm like, that doesn't work out very well. Just think about it. (laughs) When you've just given with zero expectation of anything in return. And so this is the picture that I was able to come up with and with the help of some of my brothers. I can't explain to you what skydiving feels like fully but it is an exhilaration unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. And when we have the opportunity to bless someone, I can't describe it, I can't give it to you, but if you've done it, you know that feeling. That feeling of just saying, God, I am so blessed that I got the ability to be able to, one, do this, and they don't even know I did it. They have no idea. It is literally not from me. It is a blessing from God. Because God gives us all the blessings. So for those of you who are a little more visual, I hope those help. Um, I did not die, as you see, when you're kind of concerned about, well, how did this whole thing end up? Uh, the, The chute did open, and we did land, and it all worked out really well. Just a couple of verses stand. One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. 
Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. That's why I don't have to give and put my name on it. God knows. And here's how I want to finish. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of our mighty God because we then are moving and acting in the image of our Father. There's no greater way to be closer. Sometimes when Malcolm says something, I go, oh my goodness, he got that for me. I can't love him anymore in those moments. I am like, that was wisdom right there, Malcolm. That was pure wisdom. (laughs) So as we close, as we wrap this time up, I just want us to be aware that the heart of God for generosity is not that God needs your money, because he doesn't. It's that he uses our money to help build and develop that which he wants to develop in our So then as such, as children of God, we are to be generous in response to who God is to us. Now, we very rarely have ever talked about dollars and cents, but I want you guys to, I want to give you guys a sense, really, of who we are as a church. And I didn't get permission to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. I hope Dave forgives me. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? Um, but I did. I asked Sherry just to look back over the last 12 months. So when we, do, when we receive tithes and offerings and people give, we take a portion of that and we put it into a fund. And just for, like, we just, it's just our needy fund. And it's just a fund that this church has to help people that come on hard times and really need a, a, just need a lift. They need support. They need whatever. It could be food. It could be whatever. Right? And so oftentimes, you guys, we don't really... We, don't, we never tout this, and, and we wouldn't, and I get it, right? It's, but it's just a part of who we are as a church, that we are a blessed church, and we want to be blessing to people who are in need. But just so you know, over 12 months, and this is, just, this is a portion of what God has given to us specifically for this purpose, that we've collected $17,544 specifically for the needs of others. And if you wonder, well, are there really that many needs around us? I did ask to get kind of where we are now. There is currently $132 in that account. So that means that there's 17,400 and some odd dollars worth of needs that have been met by this church. So don't get me wrong. We are a giving church. That doesn't include what we do for missions. That doesn't include the fact that we have to keep lights on in this space. That doesn't mean that we don't have a pastor who actually draws a salary from here. But with all of those things, we are still a giving church. Let us continue and let us even grow in our capacity and in our heart for generosity. Amen? So, Lord God, I thank you so much 
God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for you, our God. I thank you for your heart for us that is towards us, that is generous to us. God, you have been the ultimate example of what generosity is in that while we were still sinners, you gave your son to die for us. There is no greater generosity than that. But God, as image bearers of you, as, as children who are called under the banner of Christ, God, allow our hearts to have that same response. God, that we, as we receive the gifts that you so generously give us, that we would be a people that want to pass those on, that generosity as we go about the way we live, and that, God, that our time, God, which is so precious to us, but we would find opportunities to share that with a brother or sister in need, that our talents, Lord God, no matter how good or bad we think our talents are, that we would find ways to operate and function in those talents in order to build up the kingdom of God. And of course, God, that our treasure, our resources, Lord God, would be indicative of where our hearts are. God, we don't want to hold tightly to these things. But God, that we would live our lives with open hands. And God, I do pray for that person that is sitting in this space right now who's like, that's all well and good, but I can't even survive myself, let alone think about having a, an ability to give, but my heart is there. God, then just begin to work in the heart and you will add what they need to be able to actually practically walk that out. God, that if we can just find where we're thankful and grateful in even the little that we have, that you will add the more. And so, God, I pray your rich and lavish provision for those in this space right now that need it, that may not know where the next rent payment's going to come from or how the next medical bill's going to get covered or whatever. God, you know you are our Father and you provide. Meet each and every need. God, as they are obedient to you, that you will do what you do best. God, allow our hands to be hands that worship with our arms raised and our hands wide open, saying, God, it's yours. It's yours. And as we think about praying about the, the roof and the needs we have there, we think about the wells that, that we can add to, or we think about the, the fun that, that we need to continue to have available to, to help and support others, Lord God, and, and all these things, and there's so much, and somehow, Lord God, you could just take us, our obedience to you, and you have a way in your economy to multiply it, to meet every need. <laughs> Not one or the other, God, you will meet every need according to your riches and glory. And so, God, we, we say yes and amen to that. So, God, thank you. Thank you that you are an amazing God. I thank you that we have nothing without you. I thank you that we are empty unless you fill us up. I thank you, Lord God, that unless you go before us, we don't even have a direction in which to go. And God, as I continue to thank you, God, I pray that our heart as a church would be that of gratitude, of thanking you for the thing that you do for us day in and day out, for the God that you are to us, even when we're too busy to recognize it. God, make us a grateful people. And as such, God, I believe that you will then make us a generous people. I give all these things to you in your precious and amazing name. Amen.